episode 168 of... Real Battle. It took a little bit. Yeah, because I <laughs> messed it up on the first take and then I was concentrating so hard. You can't be drunk yet. You I can't didn't even eat be dinner. Slightly... You only gave me a little sweet potatoes. What? I just gave you... You just ate a big bowl of sweet potatoes. Yeah, but uh, that's barely anything. Those are very starchy, and they're really going to soak things up and line that they, stomach. They sh- I, they should have been in the tummy first. Oh, okay. We didn't even have that much beer, to be honest. We didn't even drink. We dumped the rest of that salt and pepper um, triple, and we still have sitting in the bottle that's some of that split shot that we'll just drink the rest of later, because that was pretty good. And we still have the El Camino Unreal in front of us, so, Ooh. you know. At any rate, um... I'm getting to sniffing. Okay, well, don't say anything yet. Alright, so we're gonna do beer Googles. We're going back to the beer Googles. We're I know doing... what that smells like, and I know what that smells like. Okay, well, we're not there yet. You're jumping way ahead. So, beer Googles, we're doing K, so we're gonna go to Google and do How Come Beer. Put a K in there. Okay. How Come Beer. And here's what comes up. Kegs are made. Kills brain cells. Oh. Kills slugs. Kill slugs. Keg cost and kill you. Um, what do you want? Let's not do kill anything. Yes. So let's not killing do, slugs or killing let's you. Let's do keg cost. That's interesting. You want keg cost? Alright, keg cost. What does a keg of beer cost is basically what comes up. And the first thing that comes up is from keggerator.com. Okay, that makes know sense. I it's a website, but... I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, because uh, it looks like they're trying to sell a kegerator. Oh, well, no. Yeah, we don't like that. Next. I'm not going to do it. They're trying to, yeah, they're trying to sell a kegerator, so they're like, oh, kegs cost so much, but if you use kegerator, blah, blah, blah. So here's one called The Beer Junction. Thebeerjunction.com, and it's a website that, okay, it's hard to load, but... Still hard I feel to like look. Okay, a new there phone. it is. Yeah, I probably do. Okay, so ba- basically, this is a yeah the beer the and it is a just a website that has information on stuff. And actually, apparently, it's got a founders logo on it, and says they're having like a brewery uh, like a tasting event launch party for the beer junction at Founders Brewing. Oh wow. So, that's kind of cool. So, uh, they have access to 100,000 plus kegs. Please give us a call. Oh, so they're trying to basically, like, sell a service as well. Uh-huh. Oh, so, okay. But let's stick with this one because I'm kind of interested as what this is. Beer Junction. No, I feel like this one kind of sucks then. They just basically have, like... You can get a party tap for your keg. You can get an ice bucket, which is actually just a picture of a fucking trash can. It's a trash can. <laughs> How much is that? An ice bucket. Ice bucket. Product details and prices on a trash can right here. $5 a week plus a $25 deposit. Why would you need it that long? <laughs> That's with a keg rental. Without a keg rental, it's $7 a week and $25 deposit. Oh, so you put the keg in there to keep it cold? Yeah. Oh. People do that all the time, but this is not... But why don't you just <laughs> buy a regular means, trash can? Right. 
it's not by any means an ice bucket. It is a trash can, fellas. Okay, so so at any rate, that's what they do. They they sell kegs basically all sizes, and they have tap equipment to rent. Okay, so we and, still don't know uh, how much it costs. I want to know how much it costs to like make a keg. Yeah, let's get there. Okay, well we have Yelp. So Yelp is coming up here. So um, here's a question on Yelp: How much do beer kegs cost these days? And where do they? And where do you get them? How much is too much to spend, etc.? Haven't bought one in a while, and I'm in the mood for a keg stand or two. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the per- Ani B is the person who wrote that. How are you in the mood? It's a woman. How are you in the mood for a keg stand or two? I don't understand that. This is from 2008, by the way. I mean, they're this probably is old like feeling like they wouldn't be young again. Okay, so some, Edward K. responded and said, Bud Light is usually around 70 bucks at BevMo. I don't know where these people are from. And then Erica R. said about 100 bucks. And Roman T. said, depends on the beer, but usually 70 to $80 for 5 gallons, 150 to $160 for 15 gallons. Not sure about larger ones. <laughs> How many keg stands is this person going to do? This is really funny. And then someone else said, Courtney H. said, Hey, Ani, check out my review on Tavern Service. They rock and so much cheaper than BevMo. Plus, you're supporting a small business. I got a 15 and a half gallon keg of Blue Moon for my birthday party for around 135 bucks. <laughs> and Ani B. actually responded and said, Dude, Courtney, you're my hero. I'm on it. At Bradley, the party's at your house, of course. What? I don't know what the hell's going This is, like, so weird. So, at any rate, that's not, like, an actual, you know, that's not going to tell you much, but. Um, I think it's going to kind of vary, but actually there was, from the very first one, kegerator.com, yeah. they have, like, a little snippet that shows up on Google, and it says, consider that the average cost for a standard half keg, half barrel keg of Budweiser is approximately $100. And a standard keg is 15 and a half gallons or 1,984 ounces. So, but obviously craft beer is going to vary like greatly because I know beers like, um, like, um, Stillwater, their kegs, I think they only do like, no, I don't think they only do six kegs. I just heard that their kegs are like expensive, like way more expensive. Stillwater? Yeah, Stillwater artisanal ales. Like, way more expensive than a lot of craft breweries for whatever reason. Um, The way it was explained to me, now I don't know if this is true or not, but the way it was explained to me is that it's because it's a a chic brand and Brian Strumpke believes that he can charge that for it for that reason. He can can just put a higher cost on it. Now, I'm just saying that because that's what I heard. I don't necessarily believe it because, you know, people have grudges and... Stuff like that. So, well, if people are willing to I don't pay. know the truth. Yeah, who knows. I wonder what, like, what the most popular craft beer is to have in the keg. You mean, like, what sells the most? Yeah. I would think that something kind of like a, a 60 minute. minute. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to bet 60 minute is way <laughs> up there. And, well, depending on how you're defining craft beer, Goose Island IPA is probably up there. Especially because I've heard that those have been coming down in price big time because like, AB and Bev is really trying to squeeze uh, other craft breweries by 
taking down the prices. I don't know if I've ever had that. Goose Island IPA? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I have, but it's been a long time. What did you just pick off your sock? Um, It's a piece of Chloe's uh, scratch board. Great. Our cat. This is all over the house. Okay. This is what it is. It gets caught up everywhere, so. Um, That beer Googles wasn't that fun. So, how can it not be fun? You never know what you're going to get. I mean, it is what it is. That one was less interesting. Yeah. But anyway. It's done. Let's talk. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Yes, I've heard that before. Kyle Norman and Kelly Norman (laughs) saying it to their kid. So, let's talk real quickly about new breweries. It seems like new breweries just keep coming up and coming up and coming up and coming up. We have, I feel like, numerous new breweries just in our state alone, which is a pretty small state, Maryland. We have them every year, just numerous ones. And I'm, I feel like I'm personally at a point where I hear about a new brewery and I'm just like, ugh. Just because it's just another place that I feel like I want to go to and try. And it's just another thing to add to the list to do. And I don't know how different it's going to be. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I just feel like at this point I've tried so many beers and I've tried beer from so many breweries. And there are a lot that have, like, the equal have equal quality. So, like, yes, there are ones I'm going to prefer for one reason or the other. But I feel like there are a bunch that are kind of interchangeable now, too. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I'm getting oversaturated with with breweries but, but what, i think what that's feelings? well i feel like that's your that's your choice and your preference because yeah. you said you feel like you have to go out and try them that's true you know i mean you could just say okay that's great i'm happy with my own little breweries that i know and i'm comfortable with and i'm not going to go out of my way to try anything new but you're a ticker yeah so no, you're that's that's, that's your problem because you have like this like mental struggle with well, I think I think because there have been so many breweries that have popped up, I'm slowly like I still track the beers that I try, but I'm not being as aggressive anymore. Yeah. Especially because I hit milestones already. You know, like I hit a thousand beers that I've tried and I, I hit two thousand beers I tried. I'm at like at this point close to twenty seven hundred. And it's just like I don't see any big milestone at the moment that's within sight. Like when five thousands within sight, maybe I'll get a little more motivated, but when I was doing the taking, it was because I was working like, oh, it'd be so cool to hit a thousand. Oh, it'd be so cool to hit two thousand, whatever. But at this point, I'm just like, I've tried so much beer. I've tried beer from so many breweries, and at one point, I felt like it was attainable to have a list and be like, I want to try stuff from all these breweries, and you could hit it. But over the past few years, since it's exploded so much, it's impossible now. Like it's not even possible. So you just got to give up. So, are you going to stop your beer spreadsheet? No, I'm going to continue to track it, but I'm <laughs> just not going to be as aggressive about trying, trying to try thing. new stuff. And I feel like I'm just going to get into that part, point where where I wasn't before, where I feel comfortable just going out and buying something I've already had before. Yeah. Just to have it. Like, I've talked about it before, like Manor Hill Brewing near us out of Ellicott City. Like, buying their grisette and just having it on hand because it's a great lighter style beer. Just a habit, you know? Well, for me, it's kind of like the disappointment of when, at the end of the day, you're, like, really looking forward to a good beer, and you try something new, and it's and just... It's terrible. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, well, I really just wish I would have went with my tried and true. Yeah. 
And we've had enough at this yeah. point. We've tried enough that we know a lot of what is out there. So we have a good idea of what we're really going to like and what we're really not going to. So then you have these new breweries show up and it kind of throws things off. But I guess on the flip side, it's a good thing because for local economies, it's another way to get money into or keep money in a local economy and grow, you know, a nice small business. So that's the, the positive of it. And really, I mean, there was a time when breweries were, there were so many because they were neighborhood breweries almost. Well, and they kind of, I mean, independent, I would say, is. Independent brewing. You know, the a lot of, started, yeah. A lot of people walk there, like uh-huh. even in the snowstorm, you know, things would be closed down and people would just walk there and have a beer. People would walk with their dogs and have a beer. Yeah. You know, so. Well, part of with him, too, is that he's trying to make it very localized. He's trying to really connect with the community. So for that reason, it definitely works. There are certainly breweries that are going to come about and they, you know, have aspirations of being like the next widely distributed, like most sought after brewery out there. And they're they're not going to try very hard to be like all that community oriented. Mm -hmm. And, you know, still, you know, it's a small business that's local that's going to feed more money into that economy, but different, different ideas, different perspectives, different goals. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it. It doesn't really impact me. I think it's great that if people have a passion that they're able, and if it comes to fruition, go for it. Another thing that happens is that because we do what we do with this podcast, I get people being like, oh, Black Flag Brewing just opened. Have you been to Black Flag yet? Oh, still another one that RAR, you know, like, and I've heard so many good things about RAR. They're out of Cambridge, Maryland. And I've had like one or two other things, but I haven't had much of it. It's usually just been like little tasters at a growler station. But that's another one that's just like on my list. Like, we got to try it. And I just feel like they keep popping up and then it's just like, oh, this one just opened up. Have you had it? Oh, this one. So I feel like, I don't know if you, you probably don't feel this way, but I feel like I have pressure to like get to these breweries because I'm the beer guy in the area, yeah. you know? So it's like, surely you must have had this brewery, uh, this brewery's beers already. They've been open for one month. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I haven't, I have a life too though. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you said, I mean, it just goes back to what's important to you and Obviously, beer is. Well, yeah, but, I mean, is it important to you to try new things, or is it important to just try what you know, yeah. stick with what you know, you know, and then in the end, it's, I don't know, I don't lose sleep over new breweries. Oh, I don't lose sleep. <laughs> I don't lose sleep over it, but I just mean, like, those moments when people bring up new breweries to me, I always have that initial feeling of, like, the eye roll. You know, even though I may not do it physically, just like the the internal feeling of the eye roll. But don't don't you feel like that's like ridiculous though? Well, I feel like it's getting oversaturated at this point. Like they're just so many. But but let like that's capitalism. That's true. But one of the other problems that it's causing is that we're having a beer freshness issue. Well, you mean that's an issue? People opening new breweries is not an issue. People can do what they want. Yeah. 
Well, and I guess that's the reason that when they're like neighborhood style breweries and when they're near you, like that's fine because, you know, if you are in the habit of going there, you're going to get stuff fresh. But with the distribution side of things, you have so many options now yeah. that things just sit and nobody takes it back. Like I know Sam Adams, like they've had a practice for some time of they come in and they take back old beer. Well, yes. Barely anyone does that. Like, pretty much nobody does yeah. that. I mean, but a lot of, like, small breweries don't distribute. So that that's right. not even... Super small breweries don't. Yeah. Well, and actually, another thing that I've heard that's been happening is that it, it's the opposite of what used to be happening, that um, distributors used to be just clamoring to get to breweries, like any brewery, to, to represent their stuff. And now they're being able to be super selective because oh, sure, yeah. they can only do so much. Yeah. And there are so many breweries now. So breweries almost have to do something great to get noticed by distributors to be picked up. Yeah. But then you still have those breweries that, that do that. Like they show up in there and their product is so highly lauded that, you know, the distributors will, even though they're so new, will clamor to, to get them. So, but you know, it just, it complicates things like, like anything. When you have a ton of whatever, it complicates things. When you're flooding the market with something, you're going to, you're going to have people start to, in certain instances, get a little disinterested. Like I've become in a sense with trying new stuff, but you're also going to have other issues like, you know, this whole freshness problem. And we have... I've seen that in a few places. Mm-hmm. A lot of liquor stores, honestly. Freshness issues out the wazoo. You go in there and the thing is, yeah, IPAs are still the super hot thing, but how many breweries are doing IPAs? Basically all of them. And a lot of them are doing more than one. So you're, like, you have, you know, say you have a liquor store and you're bringing in 100 breweries, right? Most likely all those breweries do at least one IPA. So say you're bringing in a hundred different IPAs. What are the odds that you're going to be selling that much? And then three months later, they're not mm-hmm. tasting that hot and they're still sitting there. The liquor store's not going to dump it. They're not going to get rid of it. They're well, just going to sell it and it's the, bad product. Yeah, it's up to the consumer to buy smart and buy local and buy directly from the brewery when you can. Yeah, check those day codes. That's a big thing. And it gets... I, it gets frustrating because it's been getting frustrating with me. Like I've had times where we go in to a liquor store and I'm like looking at the day codes. I'm like, no, this is old. And then I like go look at another beer. No, this is old too. And I, I'll check like 15 different IPAs and they're all old. It sucks. I feel like this is just, that's just another aspect of what's driving me nuts about all these breweries. They're making this possible. Yeah, but at any rate, that said, I feel like I'm ready to go to bed now. I still want to, why? Because, man, you're like really grouchy. No, I mean, it's just something that, that bothers me a little bit, but. Okay, oh, I'm, I moved on. Hold on, even even though I just said all that, I do want to go to RAR. Well, you're a hypocrite. (laughs) And I do want to hit up Black Flag at some point, and. Maybe Hysteria when it opens. Is it open? Hysteria m- might be open at this point, but I don't know. Beers, don't, breweries that we come across. I don't understand you. 
Why? Because you were just like, I hate new breweries, I hate new breweries, but I'm just going to keep doing it. Well, because I hate the fact that they're making me feel obligated. But no one's making <laughs> you feel anything. That's your choice. I just laid out why I do feel okay. obligated. I'm moving on. The podcast is a big part. Well, these are choices you make. These are choices that I make. Okay. Now let's make choices on we're going to rate some mystery beers. Number A. Number A. Number A. Beer A. It is very hoppy and very citrusy. Well, that sounds good. That's certainly better than A from last, the That's last really one. All I'm getting. Um, it looks really orange. There's almost oh, a, oops. Yeah, it's just orange. Like it looks like an orangey, pretty clear um, IPA. There's a little pine in there. A little piney hint. There is a decent amount of citrus, like you were talking about. Maybe like some orange peel on there too. There's a little. Maybe like a little cotton candy? Kind of weird. I like went in to sip it. I went in to sniff it and then I sipped it by accident. So now I'm just drinking it. Okay. And I smell a little sweetness. Like a little like a little sugary. Alright, anyway. So, so you've a, already tasted it's it. It's a lot. Wait, did you smell anything? I did. And I said Just it was, citrus. I just said citrus. And then okay. I went in for another sniff sniff and then An accident. An accident. <laughs> And then it splashed in my mouth, and then I was like, oops. And you're like, I'm committed now. Yeah. So, <laughs> then I... It's all going downhill. <laughs> all right, so how is so it, So, it's really bitter, I think. Oh. Yeah, it is really bitter. I was expecting something a little more crisp. Um, it's okay. I mean, I don't... It's okay. I think this could be one of those beers that's been done with, like, grapefruit peel. You know, and that's yeah. why you're getting that extra bitterness is, like, the the actual, like, bitterness from the grapefruit peel. That's possible. Um, I do get different. A, I do get a tad bit of the pininess that I said oh, I was yeah. smelling on it. I definitely it. get. I get more pine than I do citrus on the taste. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I do get a decent amount of citrus, but, yeah, the pininess is creeping up. Yeah. The pininess is is definitely overtaking. There is a lot of bitterness on the finish of this beer. It's just kind of an, it's an okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. The sweetness I was getting on the nose isn't really. I don't get as any much. sweetness, and I didn't even really get sweetness on the nose. Oh yeah, okay. I can I see do. sweetness on the. nose. I don't really taste that though. But no, it doesn't have. This definitely tastes like one of those like IPA with grapefruit peel type things. Um, yeah, a lot of bitterness. A lot of bitterness on there. Yeah. It's okay, though. Yeah. It's not bad. Again, I'm, people, I'm sure people out there lo- would like it. I'm going to bet Kyle Norman right now knows exactly what number I'm going to give that based off what I said. He's told me he can tell that. Oh, really? Yeah, that like when we're going through the mystery beers based off what I've said, he's like, I know where he's going to go with his number. So, okay. But that's a good thing. Oh. So this is like a... Looks kind of like a brown, like a brown ale or maybe a scotch. Yeah, ale. That's what it maybe looks a barley wine. I don't know. It's like yeah, brown. I already smelled it. Slight red to it. What and do you smell? Rye. Yeah, it does smell rye. It smells woody. It, it smells. I think that's like, the rye, but yeah, it smells woody. It smells woody. rye. It smells like a, yeah, like it smells really, really honey. Like, tons of honey. It smells, like, syrupy. Like, it's gonna yeah. be, like... 
There's a little apple in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. was woody. You said woody, rind, yeah. Mm-hmm. Syrupy, honey. Like raw honey. Yeah. Like farmer's lot. market raw local honey. This is interesting. Lots of honey. I'm getting so much honey now, but initially it was like very, very rye. I feel like there's a little... Eh. No, take that back. I was going to say a little cherry. No, I get a little raisin, actually. There's a little raisin on there. All right. It tastes exactly how it smells. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this. It's woody. This is definitely not a typical style I would drink, but I'm liking it for some reason. It's smoother than you would think based off the nose because you're saying you're getting a lot of that rye, which has a little bit of maybe like a spice character. Yeah. Um, it's very, it is very woody though. Decent sweet honey, but actually based off the nose, I was expecting it to be a lot sweeter than it's coming yeah, off. I really like this. It's not bad. I get that raisin quality to it. I don't know what style it is. It's not a barley wine. It could what be something it? aged in an oak barrel. Is this just like a dark ale? With rock, it's I mean, called like an ale, like a dark ale. Or what would this be? It could be some sort of winter something. Mm. Could be. This could be a really weak Scotch ale, maybe. Yeah, could, it's uh-huh. like super weak. Usually, Scotch ales are a lot more. Like deeper, darker, richer flavors, but you know, people make things differently. So, mm-hmm. huh? Okay, yeah, it's not bad. Both things are not bad. I like the uh, split shot from last episode oh, yeah. a lot more than both of these. I think. Okay. Huh? Going back to A after B, kind of up the citrus a little bit. Yeah, it did. There's still a decent amount of that on. Um, bitterness on the end though it it just got like a tad bit better tad better Hmm. okay this is a toughie right this is tough i feel like i should have got gave split shot more oh yeah you gave it like a five though that was good you liked it more than that i thought five was good well because i I feel like well i do my own like five is like average i feel like it's better than average okay so i'm gonna give a do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You can go. That's fine. I'm going to give A a three. A a three. Okay. I was going to give A a three as well. So. And B? Four. Four. I was going to go th- a three on B as well. Oh, okay. I feel like they're they're equal, in my opinion. Okay. I like B a little bit more. This yeah, is why I wish you fun. could give halves, because I would give it a, a three and a half. Well, B got a half that's because true. of our average. So B is the winner of the podcast overall 3.5. A's the loser, not by much, just overall three. So let's see what A is. Hmm. Hmm. Head scratcher. Well, some sort it? of IPA. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. That stinks so long to get it done. Mike, you did a masterful job. This is, I can see what the brewery is already. Okay, so it, okay. It is called it's an IPA called Joe by Ten Barrel Brewing and they're out of Bend, Oregon. Um they're owned by AB and Beth. Six point nine percent alcohol by volume. It's just an IPA. There's no peel. 
really bitter to be yeah. just like a straight IPA. Like real bitter. Well, I mean, actually that I mean that's what a lot of you know, hops does. It does make it pretty bitter. Yeah, I don't yeah. And at one point IPAs were more like that. We started getting away from that more aggressive bitterness. Um that's interesting because Ten Barrel was purchased by AB and Bev, and last episode we had Elysian, and they were purchased by AB and Bev oh. as well. And they're from the same state; they're both from Oregon. Hmm. Interesting. So that is interesting. Mm-hmm. The connections here. So let's see what the winner is. Overall, three point five for the podcast is Rebecca's fave here. Oh, okay. Here we go. It's international. Um. Maximator, Munchner Beer Maximator. It is a Bach, I believe. Oh, it's a Bach. Yeah, it's a Bach. Oh, and you know, it's actually from Germany. It's from, oh, it's by Augustiner Brau. Augustiner is the brewery out of Germany. But imported by Global Village Imports out of King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. But it's from Munich, Germany. Augustiner Brau from Munich, Germany. So 7.5% alcohol by volume, by the way. Um, so one of the things with um, Bach beers, if they're from Germany, they, the name always has Ator at the end. Hmm. So that's how you'll know it's a Bach. If, you know, it's Maximator, there's, uh, you know, Celebrator, stuff like that. So, so you'll like that. Look, yeah. uh, I can't remember the last time we had a beer from overseas. Yeah, on. it's been a while. It's been a long time. That's cool. I like the fact that yeah. they went to the uh, the import section yeah, for that one. Yeah, interesting. Uh, very, very good. Um, German-style Bach. Yeah. That's like the original, man. Like, that's the stuff. Okay, cool. Well, okay episode. I like last episode of Mystery Beers better. Yeah. But, you know, we got one more. We'll see how that pans out. And another beer Googles. Hopefully that beer Googles is better. And I promise I'll have a better topic to be more in the sense of yeah. being being more positive as opposed to what sets me off. Yeah, man. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you everyone for checking this podcast out. Uh, I don't want to tell you all our social medias and stuff. If you want to hear that, go to the last episode and listen to the end. But maybe I'll say it for the next one. But at any rate, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.